Hey everybody, welcome to the Blue Collar Angst Podcast, where we dive deep into the realm of any and really everything blue collar. We're going to take a look at a wide range of trades and careers that range from welders and electricians to police officers and everything in between. The guests we bring on the show, the listeners, really essentially you, are the fuel that keep this whole thing going. With that being said, please enjoy and as always, like, subscribe, follow, do whatever it is that you do to stay up to date so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Hunter Wilson. He's a pipeline welder, uh, really anything oil field related. He's done it all uh, down from South Texas. He's uh, an ambassador for Western Welder Apparel, and uh, he's also a weld instructor. But uh, Hunter Wilson out of South Texas, how you doing, man? Hot. Even sitting in my car in the AC, it's hot. So what part of Texas are you from? Uh, I'm originally from South Furious, Texas, which is way down south. Uh, it's about 30 minutes from the coast, about an hour and a half north of the Mexican border. Uh, it's a small little nothing town, like population 5,000 or so. So why don't you talk a little bit about uh, like Western Welder Apparel, man? That's pretty cool. That's how I found out about you, working with them, and just kind of talk about that for a sec. I think that's pretty, that's pretty unique to have a, a brand like that. You know, you're always posting or they're posting about you. Well, I bought a shirt back in, I don't know, 2017, 2018. Well, I bought a couple of shirts just because I liked the way they look. I heard the quality was really good. And I just would wear them to work and I loved them. I mean, they are quality shirts. Uh, they look good. They feel good. And the stitching holds up better than some of the other brands I've worn in the past. And then one day out of the blue in like 2020, 2019, something like that, they Jordan just sent me a message like, hey, you want to be an ambassador? And I was like, this is a joke, right? Like, huh. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. And that's how that all started. So it's funny because like I look at some of your content. So like you have your helpers, right? I think that was your last one that I saw. You had one of your helpers, something with the grinder. But uh, I, I guess before we get into all that, some of your content and stuff, let's kind of talk about like your background, dude. So like maybe growing up, your upbringing, like what got you kind of interested in the first place, you know, in welding? It was my dad who got me into welding. He started teaching us how to weld when I was eight. Because um, he used to be a rig welder. Two out of his three other brothers were rig welders. Uh, one of my uncles um, is a superintendent now, but he's, you know, started off as a welder and just, you know, worked his way up through the ranks with the company he's with. And so it was just, part of life growing up for me was being around welders. Um, and if it wasn't welding, it was cowboying and well, I know how that pays. And I was like, yeah, that's a hard no for me. So, um, I decided to go into welding. My oldest brother, uh, was a welder for years before he made a career change. But my senior year in high school, I made the decision like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go be a welder. Um, and at first, I was just going to chase drilling rigs like my older brother did. Uh, 
and, you know, do all that, set well heads, make rig repairs, build rigs, whatever. Just, I just wanted to be on a drilling rig and that didn't last very long because I figured out real quick that there's a slow season for drilling. And when that slow season comes, you're sitting at the house, not making any money. And so I started hopping around while I was in welding school, started hopping around some of these different welding shops in Alice, Texas, where I went to welding school and started learning different things from different people, you know, learning how to weld pipe, learning how to do structural uphill, downhill pipe. Um, my first pipeline that I ever tested for was a job on uh, the King Ranch in Kingsville, Texas uh, for uh, it's EOG now. Back then it was Exxon Mobil. And I was working single hand for this old man. And he just told me one morning, hey, I want you at the shop at 4.30. We're going to Corpus for something. And I was like, okay, cool. I thought we were going on a job. No, we go to a test lab. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like, what is this place? He's like, it's a test lab and we're testing for Exxon Mobil. I was like, I've never taken a, like a welding test before. What are we going to do? And he's like, oh, Bell Branch 2-inch Monster, you know, easy stuff. I was like, I have no idea what any of that is. He's like, just do what I do and you'll be all right. And he helped me through it. The inspector didn't say much about it. And somehow I passed the test and got out on a six inch line on the King ranch and fell in love with it. I was like, Hey, this is actually pretty badass. This is kind of fun, you know, but even with that, I figured out real quick, there's a slow season for that. And when there ain't no work, there ain't no work, but if there's work over here, better know how to go do that. So you can go make money. That's so cool though, man. Like the King ranch going and testing like that too. And like Corpus Christi, how old were you when you did that? I was 18, 19. I know a lot of kids, even myself at 18, I'd probably be like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could do this, right? Mm -hmm. And see, that old man told me, he was like, I purposely didn't tell you we were going to a test lab because I didn't want to give you the opportunity to back out. You're either going to do this and pass or you're going to do this and learn how to pass it the next time. You weren't going to fail. And quite honestly, that old man and I didn't get along very well. He taught me a lot of what not to do, but that was one of the few good lessons he did teach me. Yeah. That's cool though, too. Like you're either going to pass it or you're going to learn to pass it. It's not, you're going to pass it. You're going to fail, right? Like that mentality of like, Hey, you're going to figure it out, man. That's cool. So talk about maybe your senior year, dude. So we're, we're in the middle. I'm sure you've seen it of this giveaway. Uh, Michael Ewing's doing the back to school giveaway for high school shop and ad classes for some of the kids listening. What was that like in your senior year, man? Well, it was, you know, exciting, kind of scary because, you know, you think you got it all figured out. You're 18, you're a senior in high school. You think you're 12 foot tall and bulletproof. You think you're a grown man and you're really not as, you know, being as blunt as possible. You are not a grown man yet, guys. Um, as hard as that may be for you to hear, but you need to understand that you still got a lot to learn and a long way to go. But my biggest downfall when I was younger was getting too much into that headset of, Oh, I'm 12 foot tall and bulletproof. I was real cocky when I was younger. 
And unfortunately, that got me more trouble than anything else. So what I'm going to tell y'all is, you know, y'all think y'all are slick welders. Don't go up to these people like, oh, yeah, I'm the best you ever saw. Like, I'll be the best welder in your shop. I'll be the best welder on this job. You know, go in there with some confidence. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, I'm pretty good at doing this. You know, this is what I can handle. But don't cross that line into cockiness with that confidence. Because the other thing, too, is you're going to get on a job and you're going to see some stuff that it's a safe way to do it, but it looks real sketchy. And even though you might not show it, it's going to scare the hell out of you. So be ready for that. But understand that that's just part of this life. There are things that are scary and you just got to deal with it and go on with it. Uh, Especially those of y'all that want to be pipeliners. Sometimes you might get on a job where you're doing like in-service work and you're welding on a live line. That's some pretty scary stuff. Because if you turn that temperature gauge on that, or you turn that remote box up just a little too high, game over. Uh, If you find yourself out on a drilling rig and, you know, they're moving equipment and moving like the BOPs because they're bolting or unbolting that BOP so you can do something, make sure you're out of the way of where that thing's going to swing. You know, make sure you're checking chains, make sure you're checking your bridles, making sure that they're not frayed. And because one of those things snaps, it's coming down and I've seen it happen. It's not fun. I I look at somebody like you, right? And like going the advice that you just gave. And it's so true. I remember being 18, cocky. You don't want to take advice from anybody, right? You think you know it all. But I think the thing that's unique about like your story, man, like just to go back to the testing lab, you know, for Exxon, ninety uh, percent of everything, right? My dad's always said this. I say it a ton the last few episodes. Ninety percent of everything is just showing up, right? If you can just have the courage, if you know the balls to show up, the other ten percent will make up for it, right? So it's like these young kids that are out here looking into, hey, I'm going to get into the trades. I think if you're going to make a, a decision like that, like you did your senior year, man, that's huge. Because there's so many kids that don't, I mean, I could look at myself. I mean, I worked landscaping, uh, just construction, maintenance, all these random jobs, you know, cabinets, and then fell into this, this company that I'm at now where it's like, hey, you're fabbing out structural steel, right? And working in a steel shop. But uh, yeah, dude, making a decision at 18 like that, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Did you have resources like in your local high school to like start a shop class and get some weld certs before you graduated? Or what did that look like? Um, I mean, we had a welding shop in school and I had to teach my welding instructor a lot. Uh, like you can't run 7018 downhill. I mean, technically you can, but you shouldn't. Um, But what we had was a dual credit program with the college that I'm actually teaching at now, uh, where you could go and take welding courses with them for certifications while in high school getting college credit. And back then it was only a level one, level two, or an associate's degree. And if you started early enough and did enough classes, you could walk the stage from high school with an associate's degree, a, a 
as well as your uh, high school diploma. And they're still doing that down here. And I still have, you know, a bunch of kids that are dual enrollment students. And it's a pretty good program for them. And that was where I learned bigger and better things that I didn't already know from growing up because most of what I knew growing up was brazing and stick welding. I didn't get a chance to learn TIG with my dad or uh, learn how to weld MIG or flux core. So that's, I didn't know that. So that's, so kids can, it's not just for like kids that want to get an associates with like, I don't know, like a regular college degree. You can do that with, with a trade school option too, right? Like you can literally, if you set yourself up, you could walk, like you said, at graduation, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so absolutely. It is. I guess let's talk a little bit about that, man. So like getting, you're busy, right? I know you're always on the road, always working. So how's, how's that dynamic work? How did this welding school teaching at the welding school, obviously it's a passion of yours, right? Welding, um, kind of how, how that start? It was 2018 and my welding instructor that, I had when I was in college called me up and he was like, Hey, um, we're shorthanded over here at the college and we need another instructor. Like, would you be willing to come teach? And, you know, I had a family to go home to every day and, you know, I was on the road a lot and I thought about it and I was like, well, I can be home every night with my wife and daughter and, that sounds like a pretty good deal. But the other thing is I got real tired real quick of meeting these young kids that come out there and they're like, oh, well, I'm a bad motherfucker and I can do this. I can do that. And I got, you know, I'm a 6G certified in pipe. And it's like, okay. And because quite honestly, and even as a welding instructor, I tell my students this, I tell my followers this, I tell Everyone who listen this, the vast majority of these certs you get from these welding schools don't mean shit to no one. You're still going to have to go to the test lab. You're still going to have to test in just like the rest of us and start from the bottom, just like the rest of us did. But the good thing about those certs is it shows them that, hey, this kid does have the potential to pass this. The problem is 90% of kids that I've ran into, maybe even higher than that, but at least 90% of the kids I've run into in the field fresh out of welding school had those welding instructors that don't know jack diddly shit about <laughs> welding and can't stick to it pieces of dog shit together and just pass everyone because they show up and have a heartbeat. And so these kids aren't actually learning anything. So I thought to myself, I was like, hey, I can actually be a positive change for at least a handful of kids. I might, obviously I can't reach everyone in the United States, you know, just don't work that way. But at least in my area, I can go and teach these kids what I know. So that way when they go out, they can actually be successful instead of getting laughed out of a shop or getting laughed off a job. And I have several students that are doing very well. Uh, some of them that got busy right after high school and within a year were already, you know, driving around in their own rig trucks. 
you know, not all of them are tested out yet, but they were with the skills they learned, they were able to go out and make enough money. They could get a good start. And to me, that's everything. That's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, that was my goal. And thankfully I'm succeeding in that. Dude, that's cool. I have a buddy that's just like you, man. So like, I'll give a shout out to him. Cameron Worsham that I work with. He, uh, no bullshit, just like straightforward type of guy. You know what I mean? Hard ass worker. And, uh, but it kind of puts some people off. Right. But at the same time, he'll teach you anything, dude, everything that he knows he'll sit there and he'll share. And I kind of get the same vibe from you. So how, how do you kind of relate to these students, man? So what have you seen? How old are you, by the way? Uh, I'm going to be 32 next Saturday. 32. So I'm turning 30 this year. And I always say back in the day, meaning like 2008, 2012, you know what I mean? Yep. That's in my head, but I feel like it was different in high school, right? Like I feel like kids would come out of school and you know, everybody had a job. And it was just expected. You knew you were going to go work. Uh, it's a different time, right? 2023. I, I don't I don't want to say it's all on social media, but there's a lot of different voices telling kids what they can and can't do and pulling them different ways. As a welding instructor, as a teacher, what have you kind of seen come through, maybe not just even your school, but just in general, uh, this next generation, dude? Like, what, what are some things that you've seen? from the kids I'm, I know there's still a ton of hardworking kids out there. Right. But how do you kind of relate to the kids that maybe don't want to work so hard? Well, the ones that don't want to work are the ones that end up weeding themselves out of the program, honestly. Um, and that's just, it is what it is, you know, especially with welding, this, not just anyone can do it. And it's basically only the strong survive here. Um, and I've had kids come in and they're like, oh, well, you know, I want to make a shit ton of money. And if all I have to do is just run beads on this plate or this pipe all day, every day, then that's easy enough. And it's like, no, no, like, check this out. You're going to have to learn how to do this and this and this and this. And, oh, you told your math teacher you'll never use algebra in real life. Guess what? We're using it every day. Oh, you didn't take trigonometry because you thought it was stupid and useless. Guess what? We use it every day. You know, math is a really big part of what a welder does for a living. And I've had kids tell me like, well, no, I'm just a welder. Like, I don't have to learn how to do that. Yeah, you do. I guarantee it because look, here's, I can show you me doing this in the field with eight other welders right next to me doing the same damn thing. You know, that's just part of it. That's how it goes. Are there places where all you're expected to do is just weld? That's all you got to worry about? Yes, there are places like that. But those are very few and far in between, and they don't always last forever. And the ones that do last forever like that, those are what we call ag teacher jobs. That same guy is going to be there to the end of time. He was there when that shop first opened up. He's going to be there when the world falls apart. He ain't going nowhere because it's that pilot of a job. And that's the truth, huh? That's the, that's God's honest truth right there, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, dude. So I, I talked to the guest a couple days ago um, and recorded. 
and we talked about, so he was, he was in the pipeliner world and, you know, he's out welding. Now he works for red D arc and, you know, dang good recording, good conversation. He was talking about why he switched out of, you know, the traveling and, uh, I guess kind of that lifestyle, right? There's a certain lifestyle that comes with your line of work, right? Like being available to go, go to these oil rigs, go fix whatever on a moment's whim. Uh, I guess kind of what we talked about was like why people do it and why people just say, dude, I can't do this anymore. You know, you mentioned you had, you know, your family to go home to every night and that's a big deal, right? Like that's a huge factor in that decision. I just want to get like a no, no bullshit answer from you, dude. Like what your honest take is on like giving somebody advice. That's like, Hey, you know, at 18, you don't have a family, right? Well, you have a family, but you don't have like your own family to take care of per se. Right. So I guess what advice would you give to them? Cause I mean, families, you know, it's going to come eventually. Right. But absolutely. what was your experience with that? You know, for me, it was like, I don't got nothing holding me back. I mean, I had a girlfriend at the time, but it's like, you know, either you're going to support me in my dreams or you're going to head on down the road and that's fine. I'm either which way, you know, you got to do what you got to do for you. And while you're young, you don't have a wife and kids, you know, you don't have any real bills. You know, you need to go out and make that money, stack it up, get a fat bank account going. And I mean a fat bank account going. And then if you decide, you know, you're going to settle down with a wife and kids, then do that. Um, and for some people, they can do they can keep doing the road dog life and have a family at home and it works. Other people can't. And unfortunately, you don't always get to be making the big bucks close to home. So this is why you need to stack that fat bank account, because chances are you're going to have to take a pay cut if you want to be closer to home. And that money goes a lot quicker than you think. So my advice is when you're getting these big checks, do not go out partying. Do not go out drinking every single chance you get. Uh, don't go buy the brand new Denali of the year and then jack it up six inches and put 35 inch forces on it. You don't need any of that. Um, you know, if you're going to get yourself a nice truck, get yourself a nice truck, but it doesn't have to be the most expensive one. Hell, it could be a used one. You don't need a brand new truck. You're 18 years old, simmer down. You know, that kind of stuff is for when you're actually well established and really and truly don't have to worry about any bills at all. Because, again, that money goes quicker than you think. And these jobs are not always forever. You know, you'll be because I've been there where I was, you know, making three, four K a week and I was just spending it like an idiot. And. I was like, this is, I mean, I'm going to be getting a paycheck next week. What the hell? Why not? Let's go. You know, oh, you know, I want some brand new badass boots that are $1,000. Fuck it. Let's get them. And then two weeks later, I catch a layoff. You know, 
And it's like, well, damn, maybe I shouldn't have bought these expensive ass boots or all this or gone out partying and, you know, bought steak for all of my friends. You know, it gets rough. There will be hard times. There will be times you're struggling. And if you don't have that money set aside in the bank, then those hard times are going to be even harder. And that. Yeah. So those hard times, right. That everybody goes through, you know, especially some of those layoff times, right. Where they can be not just a two or three week thing. Like they could be a, a couple months, right. If stuff gets yep. low. So I guess, is that what kind of forced you to be like more versatile and like, Hey, I'm not just going to be dedicated to one thing. I'm going to learn it all. Is that what kind of started that for you? That's exactly what started it for me. And that was one thing my dad told me when I was first starting out was get, you don't have to be the greatest at everything. You just have to be good enough to pass the test at everything and keep that job. And I was like, nah, fuck that dad. I'm just going to chase rigs. You know, that's where the money's at. I'm just going to chase rigs. And he was like, I'm telling you, that's not where the money's at. But again, I was 18, 12 foot tall and bulletproof. I knew everything, but I ended up learning real quick. Dad was right. Um, but the other thing too, when I was 18, I had told myself I was going to, you know, do the oil field thing for a while. And then whenever I got married, settled down, I was going to go back to school and become an ag teacher, which is pretty much what my dad did. Because after my twin and I were born, he hung up his hood and became an ag teacher and was an ag teacher my whole life until two years ago when he finally retired. Uh, and it's kind of weird how I ended up teaching anyways. But, you know, that is what it is. Um, but, yeah, it's it never hurts to have a backup plan either. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Dude, that's so crazy. I uh, uh, I don't know how to ask this question. And, you know, we can I can delete some of this, this shit out. If you don't want to talk about anything, dude, we don't have to talk about it. What's your what's your advice for guys that are having a family? And I honestly, dude, I could see friction, right? Like friction when you got to go, you got a wife and kids at home. Um, I get to be home every night, right? So I could see if I was in that lifestyle, right? Like out on the road a lot, how that'd be tough. I guess what's your advice for, for somebody like that? Well, seeing as how my wife left me five months ago, um, it's hard. It happens. You know, these this kind of life will put a strain on your marriage. It will put a strain on relationships, you know, not just with people you're dating, but with friendships. Like I've lost friends that they're like, Oh, well you don't ever hang out. Like you fell off. And it's like, no, like I'm, I'm working, you know, I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, I got to go to work. I can't go to that party tonight. Or, you know, I got to leave early because I got to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work. And, they're like, oh, you just don't want to hang out. Or, you know, with your wife, you can't go on a date this weekend because you just got a phone call. You're on call for a rig and can't get too far away from the house in case they call you. And, you know, that was one of the things that did put a strain for my relationship with my ex-wife. And it's just one of those things you got to deal with and work through. And that's because the vast majority of my work is within three hours of the house. It's close by. 
So you can get called out like any time, huh? Being that close. I am, yeah, I am pretty much on a 24 seven call out with some of my customers. Wow. And it can be something big. It can be something small. You know, there are times I go out there and I'm on location for two hours and I'm headed back home. There are other times where I'm out there for a couple of days straight. And, you know, there are times where it's, you know, I'm just going to go fix a leaky pipeline real quick. Just cut this section out, replace it. Boom, we're done. And even that gets hard because, you know, you make plans to, you know, go to town with the wife. She wants to go shopping and, you know, take your kids over here to do this to Chuck E. Cheese or the aquarium or whatever it is y'all got planned. And then, boom, work comes up. And for the most part, my ex-wife was, you know, usually pretty supportive about it. But there were just other things that happened on her side of the family and it got rough. I couldn't be there the way I needed to be because of work. And here we are. That's just how it goes, though. Yeah. Yeah. It also seems like, dude, like at least like Seth talking to Seth, talking to you. It almost seems like you don't strike me as a guy that could go work in a fab shop, right? And just do the same thing day in, day out, right? Because some mm-hmm. guys make that decision. They're like, you know, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave the field. I'm going to just be dedicated here so I can be home every night. And then honestly, same same kind of outcome, right? Because then you're miserable. Mm-hmm. You're an asshole at home. Like whatever happens, right? Like it's just like that's a tough dynamic to have, dude. But like I said, man, like there's, you have to have a certain personality to be out in the field like that. Like you're, you just don't strike me as a guy, as a guy that could go just work and do the same task over and over and over, you know? Yeah. No, if I'm gonna, if I'm taking a fab shop job, it's for a short period of time until I find something in the field because fab shops bore me to death. I mean, I'll be snoozing off by 11 o'clock in the morning because I am just so bored. Um, so what do you see a lot of your students go into, man? Are they, most of these students, they're going towards wanting to work in the field, right? Yeah. Um, so I have two students from a few years back, well, about about four or five years ago now that they went to work for the King Ranch, working for the King Ranch, um, in the the main office there in Kingsville, Texas, and whatever the ranch needs, they built it. Um, if y'all ever find yourself at a King Ranch saddle shop or one of these restaurants the King Ranch is putting up everywhere, or at some event where the King Ranch has a pop-up deal for to sell their stuff there, like the saddle shop, uh, all the decor, my students made that. Two of, two of my students made all that stuff. So, you know, I go to some of these events, some of these gun shows around here, and I see it, and it's like, hey, you know, my kids built that. So I got two kids. They were doing that. They've moved on to different things now. Uh, I got a bunch of kids that work here in Alice, Texas, at this local shop that does mostly – uh, fabrication stuff in the shop, like structural fabrication and a bunch of drilling rig work. So they're out doing that 
I got a couple kids that wound up, you know, compressor stations, stuff like that, um, downhill pipe kind of stuff. I have one student. He was one of my dual credit students. He just graduated high school this year. And before he graduated high school, I don't know how he pulled this off, but he did. And I can prove it for people who don't believe me because some people don't believe me. While he was still in high school, went and tested for Kiwit in Ingleside, Texas to build offshore drilling rigs and passed the test. And they hired him, The I think it was like three days before he graduated high school. They came to the school for senior day and finished his higher end paperwork there at the school in front of everybody while all these other kids were signing their papers to go play sports for whatever college he was signing papers to go work for Kiwit. And he called me just the other day and told me that, uh, cause he hired in as a stick welder and now he's tested and certified for them to be doing like stainless piping and different alloys and he's learning more every day and within the next couple of months he's going to be testing again to level up to get a little bit higher on that pay scale with kiwit so you know my kids are they're going out a bunch of different places but it's mostly oil field yeah because in my area oil field's what we got uh, I do have one student that's down in Brownsville, Texas, working for SpaceX as a combo welder. Wow. Dude, that's that's cool. I don't want to lose track of the King Ranch because I have a question about that. But uh, I just wanted to say on that note, man, like kids that are hungry, like all your students, it sounds like like SpaceX, like all these different companies, man, like signing a job like that three days before you graduate that's the stuff stories like that. That's what we need to share, you know? Cause I, I think a lot of kids get discouraged, man. They're like, Oh, like, I, I don't know. It's like, no dude, you can, I don't know what to do. You can, you can make something of yourself. Even as an 18 year old man, like you just set your, set your path, know what you want to do, know where you want to be. Like that's, those are the stories that I think just need to get out there. Cause that's so cool. It's so unique, you know, mm-hmm. But I guess going back a little bit to King Ranch or to the King Ranch, we've talked about that a couple of times. Explain a little bit about that, like what it is uh, just to the listeners that maybe aren't from Texas or or the West that don't really know much about the King Ranch. Well, the King Ranch, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's like the second biggest ranch in the world. Um, You've heard of the King Ranch Ford Edition trucks. Well, it's named after the actual King Ranch, which is definitely the biggest ranch in South Texas. I mean, it is huge. It stretches from just south of Corpus Christi, almost all the way down to uh, Harlingen, Texas. And it's massive. And it's one of the oldest ranches in Texas, maybe in the world. Don't quote me on that. I don't know all of their history. I just, I grew up, you know, 30 minutes from Kingsville, you know, the King Ranch is a big part of everything where I'm from. I have a King Ranch saddle that I grew up riding in. Uh, my family's property borders with the King Ranch. So, you know, when fences would go down, we'd have to go catch their cows and take them back to them. And, you know, they'd catch our cows and bring them back to us and uh, stuff like that. You know, one of my best friends from high school works out there as a cowboy. 
And so that is just part of life for us down here. You know, you, everyone knows where it's at. Everyone knows what they do kind of thing. Um, so you can go work out there on the oil field side of things with these different oil and gas companies. You can go work directly for the ranch, mostly cowboying or, you know, hunting, fishing guides. Um, they do hire welders to work for the ranch, like fixing gates and cattle guards and, you know, building stuff that they need so they don't have to outsource it. Uh, but yeah, it's just, a really big ass ranch. I mean, some people get real excited about that place. To me, it's just another ranch. Just a big ass ranch. Yeah. You go out there quite a bit for uh like the gas and oil rigs. Do you work on that or yeah? Yeah. Yep. And it honestly, I hate having to go out there to work. There are so many damn rules. Um if the King Ranch security, because they have their own basically their own police force out there. But if one of the security guards sees you driving through the ranch and he just thinks you're driving too fast, you can be barred from the ranch. Um, if to get into the ranch on the oil field side of things, you have to have a specific card issued to you by the gas company where they basically went and told the King Ranch, like, Hey, this guy's going to, come out here to work for us can can you please allow him out and they'll say yes or no for whatever reasons and then that company will issue you a card and you have to scan that going in scan that coming out and if you don't have it or let's say you're in the ranch security comes up and they say well let me see your card if you don't have that card banned from the ranch for life uh if you have a machete on your truck and the point isn't cut off. You can be fined, I think up to $10,000 by the ranch for having weapon. If it has a point on it, you can be fined and banned from the ranch. Holy hell, dude. Yep. Um, if, cause a lot of people ride around with guns in their trucks. If you get caught on the King ranch, I think it's a $50,000 fine. They'll sue you, have you arrested, and then banned from the ranch for life. Damn. It's pretty serious. If you if you so much as run over a rattlesnake on the King Ranch, then you know, you're gonna be fined for killing King Ranch property. Damn, dude. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever find yourself working out there, be on your best behavior. And also taking pictures or videos out there, also super illegal. Can't do it. Wow. Dude, I talked with a guy, I forget which area of Texas, um, episode 11, Todd Lambert. He talked about guys in the oil field, even like shells, like shot shells in the back of your truck or like casings. They'll kick your ass off a, a drill site for that. And I'm like, dude, that's insane. Yep. There are some companies that are like that. And, uh, I mean, I've been out there and with some of these companies that are like that, some of them, they're super strict about it. Others are like, oh, hey, there's a spent casing in your truck, like get rid of it. 
and make sure you check your truck before you come again. You know, some people are cool about it. Other people are like, eh, yeah, no, you're gone. Yeah. That's what's insane too, though. Like you saying about the King Ranch, dude, like, I don't know, having a pistol in your truck, right? Which I feel like a lot of us have, you know, a gun in a truck at some point <laughs> of the week for whatever reason. I mean, if you forget that that's in there, dude, like that's, that's game over, huh? Yep. Damn. That sounds like a military base. Like mil- I worked on a military base for a second in, in uh, Fort Carson, Colorado. And it was like that. Like you couldn't, you, I was always looking in my truck, making sure nothing was not supposed to be there. That was, you know what I mean? Man. Well, dude, I, I got, I got one final question. I appreciate your time, man. I feel like this is a good episode for people to really get like the, the real side, right. Of, of the traveling welder life, you know, and, and just what, what it all means to you guys. I mean, it takes a ton of dedication, right? I think you can sense that in just a reel, like the reels that guys put out. It's a big operation. It takes a lot of heart and dedication. What's one piece of advice that you'd give an 18 year old kid or what's something that you've learned now that you wish you could have told yourself at 18? One bit of advice I want to give, and it's because I had to deal with it earlier this week. Um, One of the, the helpers on this job we did this past week, because I just finished a short run pipeline uh, for a company down in Rivera, Texas. Um, One of my friend's oldest kids came to me and said, Hey, like, you know, I've been laid off. I need some work. You got a helper spot. I was like, well, I don't, but the welder I'm working with needs one. So I got you and I got him in. And this kid has always had a problem with, he sees some of these videos on TikTok and Instagram that are meant to be funny, like, um, like about going out and getting drunk and drinking too much. You know, he's always sharing memes about, well, real men don't save money. They just sell shit when something comes up, um, stuff like that. And he takes it to heart. He thinks it's serious. He thinks this is how you're supposed to live your life. Because, oh, well, this guy is saying this is the real deal. And no, they're they're jokes. Don't get sucked up into what's meant to be a funny video on social media or a funny post and think this is how you seriously need to live your life. And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, no shit, you know, while you're listening to this, like, that's dumb. Why would someone do that? Well, people do it. So this is really to those of y'all that, that you know who you are, that you think that they're being serious. They're not. You know, this kid that we hired in, you know, he's 21, 22, something like that, and has four DWIs already. And it's like that, and he was like, oh, I'm just a blue-collar man. That's that's blue-collar life. Bullshit. I've been welding 13 years professionally. I have not gotten a single DWI. Don't get me wrong. I've done my fair share of drinking, but you know, it's, that's not real life. You know, you're not supposed to go and collect those things like Pokemon cards. You're, you're not Ash catch them. Don't catch them all. Okay. You don't got to catch all the charges. Uh, But take it seriously. Also, Because as far as taking these joke videos seriously, I actually had a student that came into my class and said, hey, sir, I don't actually need to learn how to weld 
like super good. I just need to learn how to walk the walk and talk the talk so I can bullshit my way through a job interview and then just go hide on location every day. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, well, I saw this guy on TikTok that he was talking about. He gets to work every morning and he just hides all day, every day because good workers are hard to find. I was like, you're serious. And he's like, yeah, I'm dead serious. I just need to know how to, you know, like speak the lingo so I can, I can get in. It's like, you know that I saw that video, you know, that guy's joking, right? He's like, you saw that video. I was like, yeah, the guy hides in a, like a toolbox or like hides behind like the stack of pilots. He's like, yeah, that video. It's like, that dude was joking. He's not being serious. He's like, no, nah, it's for real. It's for real. That's why he posted it. Dude. I saw the same video. Yeah. The same reel, man. And it's like, that, that blows my mind. I like the teacher perspective, like the people that, you know, man, like I would have never thought advice like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have never thought a kid would really take stuff like that seriously. Yep. Wow. And a lot of them do. They really do. And I, I don't quite understand it because even when I was 18, like I would have been like, that dude's joking. That dude's full of shit. Like that's stupid. You know, I'm not going to go get as many DWIs as I possibly can, you know, because I remember when I was 18 and we'd go out doing dumb shit, we'd do everything we could not to get caught. Yep. And it's like a lot of these kids are doing it to get caught so they can post about it on social media. And it's like, oh, yeah, I went to jail for the night, you know, because I got caught with, you know, an ounce of weed or whatever. And it's like, OK, you think you're cool for that? Like, you're a dumbass. You got yeah. caught. You're out there doing dumb shit and got caught like a dumbass. Dude. So I, I worked with a guy that he always he talked. He shared a story with me once. He was worked in the oil field for. uh Halliburton and he was saying he saw this old time oil field guy and he had scarred up hands his hands were all haggard up you know what I mean and he's like dude when I was young I used to look at that and be like dude that's so badass that's so cool and he's like now that I'm older I look at that and I'm like what a dumbass dude you know like he like kids think stuff like that's cool like these little trends you're like oh yeah look at all these scars then you get older and you realize dude it's not good right like you know how it feels to hurt yourself just on simple stuff, dude, like dropping a, a hammer, just like setting it down and not thinking about where you're putting it. And boom, there's your finger. You know what I mean? Or like especially the stuff you do, man, like out in the field, there's so many snakes that could bite you in the grass, but that's part of growing up. But yeah, if you can be ahead of that and just realize like, this isn't cool. These little, these viral trends that like you said, are jokes. Cause I'm the same way. I look at that dude. I'm like 18 and there was stuff going around. Like I think Facebook when it really got popular, at least when I got it, like my senior year, I remember seeing stupid videos and just thinking, oh, that's funny. You know what I mean? But I would never think I've seen kids like replicate the videos or like try to do the same shit. And it's just, it blows my mind. It was the same thing for me. Like there were those viral videos that were like everyone laughed at and you knew the guys making the video were joking, but these kids see it and they're like, Oh, well, you know, he's talking about tooting a whole eight ball of cocaine in a night and, you know, drinking three bottles of whiskey and a case of beer and then going to work the next day. And it's like, I'm going to do that. And it's like, no, that's fucking stupid. Like, are you trying to kill yourself? Right. Like, it's a yeah. joke. You know, chances are that guy's not even doing cocaine. Definitely not drinking however many bottles of whiskey in a single night. That's dumb. 
in real life, that's dumb. If we're talking from a joking standpoint, it's pretty funny, yeah. sort of. But, you know, don't don't take all of these videos seriously. Some of them are just fucking jokes. Yeah. And you need, especially you younger listeners, fucking take care of yourself. You know, do not go out drinking all the time. Like my pappy used to always say, there's nothing wrong with having a drink from time to time. Just don't wear your boot soles out on a brass rail. Meaning don't drink as much as you possibly can. Go have a couple of drinks. Have a good time. You don't have to get shit-faced drunk. Don't get shit-faced, period. I'm telling you, it's not as much fun as you think it is. You know, I'm... Like I said earlier in the video, I've done my fair share of drinking and I can't remember a single time where I got shit face drunk and thought like, oh yeah, this is actually the shit. You know, it's not. It You feel like crap the next day. Hell, you feel like crap during the experience. It's just, it's not worth it. You know, um, I've been, I have not been drunk in eight years but I still drink on a regular basis and I have just, just as much fun, if not more fun, just having, you know, a couple of beers, a couple of whiskeys. And then I ever did getting shit faced because, you know, when you lose all control like that, you act like a fool, you end up doing something stupid and you're either going to get yourself hurt, get yourself killed, wind up in jail for no fucking reason. Or what's even worse to some of these kids, because they care so much about whatever everybody thinks of them, they wind up as some stupid meme on the internet. Because you fell asleep with your boots on, so that means we've got to draw dicks on your face. Yeah. You know, just don't. Just avoid it. You know, it's that simple. And drugs are honestly just a waste of time and money. Uh, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Dude, it's, I think, I just think when you're talking about this in high school, my mom used to say, cause you, you're dumb when you get with your guy friends. You know what I mean? Even when you get older, you get together. My mom always used to say one guy or one boy, one brain, two boys, half a brain, three boys, no brain. That's what I just kind of thought about, dude. Like, honestly, you gotta be so careful of who you let in your circle, right? Even as a young kid. And even when you're an adult, man, like, cause there, if you get somebody else to sit there and be like, no, dude, that's, that's cool. That's funny then you're going to go down that path. Right. But like you're saying, dude, like just that responsible, the moderation of everything. Right. And yeah, dude, I think that's such a big deal. And like you said, getting shit face drunk and then doing this or that, trying to look cool, getting a DUI, that's not blue collar at all. You know, that's one thing that I think there's a stigma around blue collar workers sometimes that that's what everybody's like. And it's like, no, it's really not, you know? And you know, every crew in every blue collar trade, has that one guy that has a shit ton of DUIs and everyone thinks that's your stereotypical blue collar man. But that dude, and I'm sure you know this from the same experience, that guy is the one who's the most broke. He lives in a shitty house, drives a shitty car. His, if he has a wife or girlfriend, she fucking hates him. The dude is miserable all the fucking time. Why do you want to be that guy? You know, because 
you also have that one guy on every crew who's like super penny pincher with his money, you know, goes to the gym after work every day. You know, he eats good, eats clean, and he's the goody two-shoes guy. But he's the happiest. You know, if he decides he's going to go on vacation to Hawaii, no big deal. He just says, hey, guys, in two months, I'm going to Hawaii for vacation. I already put in for my PTO. And he can do it. No problem. Be that guy. You know, being the guy with all the DD. DUIs and shit. He's never happy. He's always broke. He's always living shitty. Don't be that guy. You don't want to live a shitty life. You don't want to live in a shitty house. And you can't be the one with all the DUIs and like the fucked up hands because he didn't take care of himself, the fucked up back, and then live in this beautiful home with a brand new Denali and a supermodel for a wife. Because they don't want that that guy long term. No woman wants that guy long term. So keep those things in mind. And if you got buddies out there that are encouraging you to act like a dumbass, right? Rethink your buddies. Because I know you've seen guys like that too. Especially, dude, like you get in you get in with a group of guys and you don't really know each other that well. You just want to be wild. If they're egging you on to do something dumb, they probably don't really give a shit about you. They don't care if you get hurt, if you get put in jail. So just think about that stuff. You know, that's something I wish I could have told myself at 18, you know, luckily I look back and I'm sure just like you where it's like, damn dude, I, my life would be totally different if I would have gotten in trouble for that or this, you know, but just really think about, you know, cause especially now dude, like the people that I interact with, uh, through the podcast, everybody has similar advice dude. like even yours, even though it's a little different talking about like the, the viral reels, it's the same thing, dude. It's like, just use your head. And honestly, be yourself, like have the courage to be yourself. And when somebody's like, Hey, let's go do this. Just have the courage to be like, you know what? Let's not get too drunk tonight. Let's just do this or that. Right. So I, I really appreciate it, man. Is there anything else that you want to say to, uh, to kids out there listening or really anybody out there listening right now? Man, just like I said, confidence is key. Confidence is everything, but don't ever cross that line into cockiness. Keep that in mind. Be confident, never cocky. Always. If you say you're going to do something, fucking do it. Be a man of your word or a woman of your word, you know, and treat everyone with respect. No matter if it's, you know, low man on the totem pole, if it's the supervisor, the safety man, whatever. Treat everyone with the same amount of respect. And keep your head on straight. Keep your shit in order. Take care of yourself. And just work as hard as possible. You know, if you're going to go into welding, you're going to have to practice. You're not going to be that guy who goes and runs one beat and it's like, oh, I'm the best motherfucking welder in the world. No. You have to put in the work. You know, I know I practice as much as I possibly can in my free time when I'm bored at the house. I know lots of other guys that are much better welders than me that also practice whenever they get the chance. Because, well, for one, it's fun. Two, you got to be good. You got to keep your arm in it. And 
for those that are like, oh no, like I do it every day at work. I don't have to practice. Yes, you do. You know, if that was the case, none of your favorite athletes would practice. None of your, of your favorite musicians would practice. Practice is everything in this. And hell, even if you're not going into welding, you know, something, some other trade where you have to be very skilled at it. Well, it's pretty much every trade. Practice, practice, practice. Learn as much as you can from everyone you can. Take advice from people. Don't be that guy that can't be taught or can't take criticism. Just learn as much as possible. And you'll go far. You guys heard it. Texas Pipeline is 35 uh, on Instagram. Hunter Wilson did a damn good job. I hope you guys got something from this. Please like and share. Share this with your friends. Share this with people that you want that you know that want to get into welding or or like Hunter said at the end, just any trade. Uh, cause they all take skill. But I appreciate you, Hunter, and uh we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>